Hi, this is Better Red Than Dead, a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are talking about memoirs of a woman of pleasure that are known as Fanny Hill, which is John Cleland's 1748-1749 erotic novel about a young woman, Fanny Hill, who loses her parents, moves to London, becomes a very successful sex worker, and mainly it's just about fucking. Indeed it is. So (laughs) Tristan, why Fanny Hill? Well, uh, so b- before I, I say why I wanted to read this, I just want uh, to, you know, to uh, guilt trip our listeners a little bit and say that um, we did this whole episode once and, and we lost it. We had a technical snafu and just lost the file. So every one of these dick jokes and balls jokes and pubes jokes, uh, we are doing it again <laughs> for your edification. Uh, so you are welcome and we appreciate the congrats. Yes. Uh, <laughs> You'll enjoy it. There'll be fresh dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but but like this was actually a listener request, uh, which Megan will tell you more about. Uh, so so go listener. Um, and when someone did request this, I was legit apt to talk about it for a bunch of reasons. Um, and one is that uh, for people who don't study the 18th century, I think they can sometimes be surprised to find out that yeah, pornography this explicit was absolutely a thing then. Um, and, you know, like maybe they're aware of Desaad. I think a lot of people are, or you know, they think oh, in the Victorian era, you start to see this weird kind of pornography um or maybe like you know i think like might think that it doesn't happen before 1990 yeah. um, and uh, people didn't have no. sex before 1990 no no but uh everyone barbie dolls <laughs> uh but no they, they had tons of porn in the 18th century um and and much earlier um and it, it's interesting as an academic object for a few reasons one is that this kind of material was absolutely a part of uh, print and material culture, but it was like ephemera, right? Because it, it was illicit or it got quickly banned or it was, you know, meant to fulfill its purpose and then go away. Um, <laughs> so that when we come across something like Fanny Hill that actually survives, it's an interesting window onto this whole other thing that people were doing with the printing press. Um, and then like more conceptually, there's just a ton of enlightenment discourses and ideas running through this, uh, you know, controversies over the nature of the mind and the body, uh, you know, class structures and how those are, are changing. Um, there are aspects of, of Fanny Hill that can generate and have generated uh, pretty feminist readings about women's autonomy and sexual pleasure. Um, but there's also all these fucked up reactionary ideas about uh, consent and about sex in this, um, which we can definitely talk about. Um, and I'm, it's just a weird book and fascinating for that reason. <laughs> Like, yes, it is primarily jerk off material. Absolutely. But it's also like this fully recognizable 18th century novel. Um, And in many places, it feels like you're reading Defoe or Richardson or Haywood. And I think Cleland really takes what he's doing seriously as literature, in addition to writing porn. And that's weird and kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Tristan, I just want to thank you quickly for drawing attention to the, the long, hard, throbbing work that goes into producing each one of these episodes and it makes me erect with pride when i think about it (laughs) truly absolutely okay dear sir i congratulate you size queen and lover of the word pearlescent John Cleland, on this magnificent accomplishment. (laughs) Truly, after avid listener and absolute romp, my actual sister suggested your novel, I was both titillated and intrigued. Having consumed these thrilling 200 pages in record time, I am perhaps 
too informed about the shape and color of a diversity of men's so-called machines and the appeal (laughs) of prolific pubes. I had expected to find myself tired of the words fervid, vigorous, ripe, and tender, but was surprised to find myself similarly exhausted of moss, luxurious, well-formed, and flesh wound. <laughs> okay, so uh, I can't do that anymore. Like, I, I, uh, I just want to congratulate you on uh, that. That is a very good approximation of 18th century prose. Yes. The only mistake you made is you use periods. All of that should have just been one undifferentiated sentence. Full of M dashes. <laughs> Full of M dashes, yes. Yeah, I thank you because I, if, for, if not for the piles of 18th century literature I've read for this podcast, I don't think I could have achieved that. <laughs> you're a natural. I mean, yeah, it's just like, what a skill like dirk diggler you're a natural (laughs) yeah yes uh but i did want to read it for real and i am glad i did because this is a filth truck an absolute (laughs) wank party and i am here for it yep 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 uh also i'm glad tristan that you have like actual thoughts about this because to bh it is really repetitive and that is not something i would suggest is a great thing in general (laughs) uh but the repetition is exactly what you'd expect uh so there are like three scenes here that are you know i'm just basically going to summarize first i'm just a young white virgin and i super want your giant cock but i'm afraid of it (laughs) okay second i just happened to find this guy all fresco and he looks just like timothy chalamet and i can't wait to bang him to death (laughs) third this person is kind of old has a pretty ordinary fetish likes to fuck people of the same gender but even though i want to call the cops i guess that's okay sort of and maybe they're very generous with their guineas so in that sense it's like most porn <laughs> absolutely and and on the board of yeah it's like uh it's not quite 200 pages and it is just basically it, it's like an extended 18th century like penthouse letter yeah. but it took so fucking long to get back there because it was like oh god i can't read i can't read too messy that's not even i mean that would even be that that's a little bit more on the nose than cleveland even gets the other thing is that like he writes all the fucking in euphemism that just gets extremely tiresome but yeah it's it's and it's like it's so repetitive yeah hey whoa 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 no if he has such creative lines as as the cloven stamp of female distinction when he can't think of another way to say (laughs) pussy i don't know what's repetitive about that to you uh well it's the same it's the same thing though they all mean the same thing (laughs) uh okay so katie why fanny hill because while Fanny Hill is her name, horniness is her game. And that's something <laughs> that I can really get behind. <laughs> I really can. Uh, I just feel like I, I feel connected to, to Cleland in reading it because he wrote it in jail. And I feel that <laughs> anyone who reads it should be in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I also know that, that I may talk a big game on this pod about, about wieners and, and you know, 
ding dongs and busting and <laughs> nuts and all manner of vulgarity. But in fact, I am still in possession of my virginity. And I almost lost it once. And then after that happened, I stuck one of those tiles on it. And now I just get into the app and I just press one button and I can find wherever it is in a two mile radius. It's incredible. Amazing. It's great. Um, so now that you have that information, needless to say, I learned everything I know about sex from this book. Yeah. Oh, well, you're 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 going to be really good at it then. Yes. <laughs> you're going to know some things now. Yes. I do want to tell you one main thing that I sort of I, I learned while reading this. Um, so if, if anyone out there is also wondering what having sex with a with a penis haver is like. So here's just some some basic instructions that I kind of I kind of gleaned from the from Fanny Hill. Okay, first, you grab the boner like it's a telephone. Okay. And then you forget you have it in your hand and you run pell-mell through the house screaming, "Has anyone seen my phone? Who's seen my phone?" And then and then you realize it's been in your hand the whole time and it's really funny. Um and then you get back to business. Okay. So first, you dial the number on the shaft and you put it right next to your ear. Mm-hmm. And then the fun begins. You wait a little bit. You listen to the menu options. Hello. And then you get slightly pissed. You just start pressing seven. You get more annoyed. Seven. And then the elevator music starts playing out of his pee hole as you scream, I want to speak to the pharmacist. <laughs> And that's the climax. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Excellent. Well rendered. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a related note, I'd like to announce that this will be my last episode of this podcast. I'm retiring from podcasting to write erotica full time. Um, no, I have never done this before. But, but after reading Fanny Hill, I'm confident of two things. I could write something that is 100% sexual. And I could write something that at the same time makes 0% of people horny. <laughs> yeah. And that's that golden ratio you're always hearing so much about. So let's let's head on down to Pervert Town, friends. Let's do this episode. So today we are going to be talking about the form of the novel or the buildings from on other matters of genre. We're going to be talking about this book's philosophical content and John Locke, believe it or not. Uh, we're going to be talking about sex, money, commerce, and machines and more sex. Awesome. Yeah. Tristan, give us the summary. I think I've already given a very terse version of it but please <laughs> yeah no i i on, honestly i don't i we can skip it if you guys want because uh i think i think we have already communicated what is in this um but okay uh so i i will and uh it, it I, I trust me it is uh if, if you're expecting this to be super hot it, it will no. not be um, <laughs> it's not it's not a steamy it's not steamy so much as damp 
like per- perhaps you guys saw the, uh, the 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 cover illustration uh, that, that we tweeted out of Fanny Hill, and are like, oh yeah, this is this is going to be this is good since I'm I'm all uh, you know worked up in isolation. Um, I, I we wildly misled yes, you, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like, given that approximately eighty five percent of this book is elaborate and pseudo euphemistic descriptions of genitalia and banging, um, I will be aligning much of Cleland's prose. You guys don't need me to rehash that, um, but but but. <laughs> I will just note two two quick things as an homage uh, to those pages that I'm going to do less than perhaps their full justice. And the first is that, yes, euphemism for a book that was clearly going to bring uh, legal heat and get uh, Cleland and his publisher fined and pilloried or jailed, which, yes, that happened. Um, he takes extremely funny and frankly baffling pains to, like, not write the word cock. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, yes, he really he wants to keep this. He wants to keep this respectable for some reason. And so like at the beginning of the second volume, he or Fanny, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, even acknowledges how, like, the whole book is written in the first person. Just um, uh, so, you know, um, he like he even acknowledges how difficult is going to do this and not get hella boring, um, which is Megan and Katie said he fails at. Uh, so it quote, <clears throat> I imagined indeed that you would have been cloyed and tired with uniformity of adventures and expressions inseparable from a subject of this sort whose bottom or groundwork be in the nature of things eternally one and the same whatever variety of forms and modes the situations are susceptible of there is no escaping a repetition of near the same images the same figures the same expressions uh, with this awful self-awareness for what this whole book is I, I know i know i feel like the dude's working through some things here uh with a further inconvenience added to the disgust it creates that the words joys, ardors, transports, ecstasies, and the rest of those pathetic terms so congenial to, so received in the practice of pleasure, flatten and lose much of their due spirit and energy by the frequency they indispensably recur with in a narrative of that uh, of which that practice professedly composes the whole basis. Uh, yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, okay, uh, so the second thing uh, that I want to acknowledge about uh, Cleland's prose, um, well, here's just an example of what we're talking about. <clears throat> and I quote, then, being on his knees between my thighs, he drew up his shirt and bared all his hairy thighs and stiff staring truncheon, red top, everything's red, and ro- <laughs> rooted it into <laughs> yep. a, thick, a, thicket of, a thicket of curls, which covered his belly to the navel and gave it the air of a flesh brush. Um yeah, this novel is super into elaborate descriptions of pubic hair, uh, both male and female, yeah. and we're obviously long before the era of manscaping. So yeah, just picture, if you will, the 1970s, and you'll get something of the flavor of, uh, of this. Yeah, if you have uh, to picture <laughs> anything, which I hope you don't. <laughs> yeah. You know what, actually? Just don't don't picture anything. No. <laughs> don't, Yeah. Um, so, okay, as I said, enough of that. You people will just have to use your imaginations uh, from here on out. <laughs> which we don't so, recommend, actually. <laughs> Yeah. No. Now I'm going to have to do the plot. Uh, so here we go. So the text is written as two very long letters to Madam, uh, an, an unspecified female acquaintance of the first person narrator, who is, of course, Fanny Hill. Fanny is born into a poor family in Lancashire uh, in the northwest of England. She is the only surviving child of destitute parents who died when she was a teenager. Um, does this sound to you guys like we're in a sentimental novel? It yes, does. it absolutely does. It yeah, do. totally. Can't wait to cry. Um, and the, <laughs> there, there are a lot it's a sentimental lot journey to, toward dicks it, it, it is um and and actually i mean th- there are a lot of interesting connections between the sentimental and the pornographic that i think we might talk about today um but so yeah so fanny needs money quickly uh she falls in with this other young woman named esther davis uh who is visiting from london and offers to take fanny back with her 
Fanny goes. And then when they get to town, Esther's basically like, uh, peace out. Now that we're in the city, you're an embarrassing redneck. Uh, so Fanny is on her own. And as we're told is very attractive. Also 15, yeah. uh, which uh, yeah makes the ogling super gross. And I would argue that even in the 18th century might read as gross or weird. Like it's not just the case that like that was like <laughs> considered an appropriate uh, age uh, uh, for, you know, for, for uh, marriage or, or sex. Um, uh, although uh, Richard said Pamela is 15, which anyway, some, maybe someday we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but so is Fanny soon catches like the 1200 pages long. No, you're thinking of Clarissa. Uh, Pamela is a is a spry uh, 500 pages. Uh, <laughs> still take a little jaunt. I, I've t- whatever I tell each Pamela, I do it over like five sessions because there's just no other fucking way you would get through it. And by that fifth session, man, we are all students, and we are like, oh Jesus Christ! Because you've been like very thoughtful with the 18th century novel selection thus far. Like nobody's going over. We haven't gone over 300 pages, which I'm very happy about. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Rob Roy was the longest. But, oh, but um, that was like turned out to be fun as hell. Okay, so Fanny's in London now. She catches the eye of a Mrs. Brown, who is what they would have termed in this period a bod, um, which is an older woman who keeps a brothel um, and and who reads not just in this novel, but kind of throughout 18th century discourse as this like kind of figure or person of commerce. Um, Mrs. Brown has uh, Fanny sleep with another sex worker named Phoebe, uh, who seduces Fanny. Um, and if you're thinking, wow, the first sexual encounter is not straight, how sexually radical uh, sort of not really. Um, <laughs> like the the text very much casts it as the beginning of Fanny's desire for men, um, and locates the source of her corruption as feminine. Um, you know, this is a direct quote: "The first ideas of pollution were caught b- uh, by me that night, and that the acquaintance and communication with the bad of our own sex is as fatal to innocence as all the seductions of the other." So, yeah, it's not uh, radical. Is not the word I would use for that. Um, no. So. So anyway, uh, Fanny soon uh, really wants to get out of Mrs. Brown's brothel. She kind of rightly figures out she's an asshole. Um, she see, but she sees some horny stuff there. Like she sees Mrs. Brown fucking, which Fanny thinks is cool. Uh, but Mrs. Brown really wants to sell Fanny's virginity off to this uh, this old dude who is gross and whose breath is described as smelling like a toilet. Virginity um, in quotation just, marks because she just fucked Phoebe, but yes, exactly, yes, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yes. the, 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 the way the, the, the te- this text has a very, very specific understanding. Oh yeah, it's very uh, f- physically constructed over many, many lines. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, and and also just to note, you know, consent definitely huge and often under registered problem in this novel. Okay, so then one day, uh, Fanny sees this young man passed out drunk at Mrs. Brown's. I'm going to give you a, a, a description, which does not include his penis. Uh, <laughs> well, then why not? sort of does in its, you know, expre- uh, yeah, expression. I, no, I mean, we get the description of his penis at some point, just not here. That's true. Um, so figure to yourself, madam, fair stripling between 18 and 19, with his head reclined on one of the sides of the chair, his hair disordered curls, irregularly shading a face on which all the roseate bloom of youth and all the manly graces conspired to fix my eye and heart. Um, yeah, so, you know, horny stuff. Um, Paris. And it turns out he Paris. fucked really good. He's Paris and he fucks really good. Uh, his Hubba name Hubba. is Charles. <laughs> yeah, his, his, his name is Charles. His dad hates him. Uh, but Charles is kind of fucking around with his grandmom's money because she hates Charles's dad, which that's that's a cool triangle. Um, <laughs> the 
classic dad grandma <laughs> not at all only 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 a neck tattoo signifies to me daddy issues more than but i love my grandma more <laughs> yeah exactly my grandma's my real uh, dad <laughs> yeah so so Fatty moves in with Charles and they fuck for several months uh, until Charles's dad has him kidnapped and shipped off to the Caribbean, as one does with a fail son. Um, <laughs> yeah. Usually they go on their own. That's, that's yeah, true. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it's a very, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and so so Fanny's distraught. Uh, because she's distraught, she miscarries their child uh, and, and, and has to go looking for work. Um, she takes up with this rich guy, um, he of the extremely hairy cock that I referenced a few minutes ago, um, <laughs> which is, is going swimmingly until she catches him fucking the maid. And then Fanny gets revenge by fucking this male servant and gets thrown out of the house. So end volume one. <laughs> Um, so, okay. Many, many dicks encountered thus far. Yes. Um, and well, actually only a couple, really. There, there are many more dicks in the, in the, in the second volume. That's well, true. she sees, yeah, but, uh, anyway, um, I'm going to, I'm going to make quick work of volume two. Uh, Fanny gets hired by a Mrs. Cole, who is another bod, but unlike Mrs. Brown, kind of a, a good boss, uh, you know, no such thing, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Mrs. Cole sort of looks out for her workers. She doesn't take an unfair uh, an unfair share of their earnings. Uh, Fanny gets to see some orgies with the other sex workers. Uh, Mrs. Cole, with Fanny's participation, concocts this bonkers plan <laughs> to counterfeit and sell Fanny's quote virginity. Uh, 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 Fanny makes a lot of money. Um, she has this encounter with a dude who's into BDSM. Uh, he's he's a switch, so he 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 likes being whipped in addition to whipping. And Fanny's up for trying both, which impresses the hell out of Mrs. Cole. <laughs> Um, she sees, uh, two dudes fucking and has an extremely homophobic reaction and tries to call the cops, although she like passes out. Um, uh, she, and so doesn't, uh, she helps another sex worker have this wildly fucked up and exploitative encounter with, uh, this flower seller who's described as having some sort of like a metal disability, um, but has an enormous penis, uh, as many <laughs> people in this novel do. It is a theme. Uh, she takes up with another rich dude, uh, who dies and leaves her a shit ton of money. Then Charles returns for the colonies. They marry and only fuck inside the of confines course. of marriage, which, which of course was the whole point of this novel, not jacking off you perverts. I don't know what you people were reading this for. <laughs> yeah. For the so, pubes. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. That's what we read the whole book for. Yep. So that, that's Fanny Hill. <laughs> Memoirs of a woman of pleasure. And pleasure it isn't. Yeah. Pleasure is not, not the word I'd use to describe it. No, and, and I, I do want to say, like, I, I completely agree. It get, it's boring as hell. It's repetitive as hell. And I do think that, like, that that's such a funny moment of <laughs> self awareness on Cleland's sore. part. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When uh, when Cleland's like, yeah, it is, I'm boring myself writing this. Um, but I will say, like, I mean, and, and this is, I mean, again, this is something that you pointed out, like, the last time we talked about this. It is also comic. Like, I mean, if you're not, if you're like, if you let yourself just kind of laugh at some of this stuff, uh, you know, get like some of it is actually quite funny oh, yeah. like that, that, you know, it, and, and it's, you know, it's like, and, and also something that I do appreciate about it. And, and in a way where I think it's politics are actually like pretty good for the time. Like, the women in this are like the kind of the, the the very capable sort of masterminds, and the men are the fucking clownish dupes. You know it's what I so mean? It's so amazing like, when she like um, tricks this guy into thinking that she's like never had sex with anybody before. Like that really is like I a genuinely that. hilarious part. 
Yeah, and and if you read that as like comic, right, and and not you know, and sort of ignore the whatever the erotics that it's supposed to be doing in this very boring way. If you read it as comic, it's kind of like, oh yeah, this is actually kind of recognizable in some ways, seen from a lot of like uh, comic uh, comic literature in the comic theater. Oh, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. um, even the but. even the part where he talks about how repetitious or like you know that self aware moment, he also like ch- happens to choose all the words that he doesn't keep using. Oh, it's like, true. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't say <laughs> yeah. like I keep calling pubes moss because I can't think of another word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Brb, got to go scalp tickets to Fanny Hill's third virginity. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good though when she's like i'm gonna trick this schmuck <laughs> it's yeah. great yeah 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 well, that's also like you know because uh, like again you know mrs cole is such a and we'll talk more about her i know I'll, I'll give you guys the context but um you know she like uh that it would be so easy for her to have been written as another one like that that the idea of the, like the predatory bod like this this bad woman who like you know kind of corrupts the the youth is such like a pat figure in the 18th century and it would have been so easy for cleland to just write her as such but she doesn't and like fanny's like oh well here's my here's your share of the money and Mrs. Cole's like nah you know what keep it like you you really earned that you know and, and like so I don't know there's just something that, about that like it, I mean it is a gross seed like in so many ways but there's also like uh just uh, the, the way like it's conceived I, I don't know I mean it's it is kind of cool to yeah. like it, or it, it just it's it's a lot more uh like sexually progressive and progressive in terms of ideas of gender than like much 18th century literature but i think that been about that sort also of like yes. her not being just like a consistent ingenue or like a total innocent is really great too and that's part of what makes it funny yeah. to me is that she plots these like madcap adventures with like yeah. tricking dudes yeah, she, like she's not only in on the joke, she like is orchestrating the joke. Yeah, you know? so like, and, and she's like anyway. straight up horny as fuck. Like she's always just horny oh, sure. to the yeah. max. It's like it's yeah. not it's not uh just it's it's not merely instrumental. Um, it's like she's just fucking horned. Yeah, she's yep. into it. That's why she does things. Um, should I should I do a little bit of context? Please, uh, as long as it doesn't talk too much about hairy tummies. <laughs> no, we're 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 done uh with that for the time being. Um, <laughs> for the four so, minutes uh, of context. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, I'll I say a very little bit about Cleland, and then just kind of a little bit of some of the theoretical and critical approaches to this novel. Um, so Cleland, and uh, this I've drawn biographical details from uh, Peter Saber's edition of Fanny Hill and the, the Oxford edition. Um, I so love Cleland's, that there's an Cleland's, Oxford edition. P.S. I'm just like mm, okay, I, sure, absolutely. Well, no, I mean, and yeah, and well, and I'll I'll talk about uh, that, like when it kind of came back into sort of academic presses in the 60s. Um, but yeah. So, uh, so Cleland was born in 1710 and died in 1789, which is a pretty long life in the 18th century, um, particularly given his general sort of bad fortune. Um, his dad was this army officer um, who actually knew Pope and a few other literary figures. And Cleland himself had some impressive literary friends as an adult, like Boswell, you know, Samuel Johnson's uh, famous biographer. Um, also, the most famous actor of the 18th century, David Garrick, was a friend of Cleland. Um, <laughs> oh, but how I sort of feel like forget it- David Garrick. He <laughs> <laughs> of the I fancy mean, costumes. Uh, but yeah, so the yeah the the get one of Garrick's things was he had a he had a wig uh, that he would wear when he did Hamlet, where he had some sort of mechanism that like when the ghost appears, the hair would stand oh. on end. Uh, <laughs> was it full, so, also full of syphilis? 
I, I'm sure that's probably what that's probably what caused it to. to, to, yeah. to stand it it wasn't even a trick. It was just a biological mechanism. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but I will say like with both Garrick and Boswell, I kind of get the sense that Cleland was like their trashy friend who they would ditch oh, depending the on how like, fancy. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you for thank you for burning me again with that sick burn yeah i mean i i feel like i just had to bring if it's not a joke i could rest on one time i'm gonna start a okay. podcast with my real friends <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't tease you for saying cunt in good company <laughs> i've never been in good company in my life and i'm certainly not in good company right now <laughs> certainly true <laughs> yeah so anyway so but uh so so cleland uh he went to india for a while as an east india company soldier um but he's back in britain in the 1740s and, and goes bankrupt um and he says hey i'm gonna write some porn to get my way out of debtor's prison and so they release this uh it very quick they he very quickly gets arrested uh again <laughs> for producing obscene material it's like, but, so, like what a plan it, you know like get out of prison by by writing something that's gonna get you immediately rearrested so you're telling yeah. me his time in prison did not rehabilitate him? Uh, no, hmm. Sa- sadly it did, it it did not. Uh, too bad. But uh, but 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 yeah, Fanny Hill. It's it's a hit. Uh, and it, like yeah, legitimate commercial hit. Um, and so Kalila gets paid to produce a cleaned up version, which I'm just it's like four how? Pages. Like how that? <laughs> yeah, that it would be four pages long. Um, it's just an index card. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the unexpurgated text does hang around, like there's these very famous like Victorian illustrations of it. Um, but like it's it sort of, again, it's like this underground thing until the 1960s when academic editions start to get published. Um, and actually the, the first U.S. academic edition was was briefly banned, like censored for, for obscenity, which of course, because this is America. Well, I assume that that's because they um, reprinted all the woodcuts, drawings, uh, photographs, Short films and other media <laughs> that were produced in concert with Fanny Hill. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, well, no, I, like, actually, that is an interesting question, like, whether they try, like, they folded in those Victorian illustrations. And I don't think so. I think it was just the text that was like, oh my God, it's gonna, <laughs> we're a Christian country or whatever the fuck. Can, can um, you imagine trying to censor Fanny Hill with one hand down your pants? <laughs> <laughs> she spends most of this book with one hand on her pan. <laughs> but okay, but like, yeah, so and I, I think it's, it's not hard to see why scholars from the mid 20th century um, got into this again, um, and have been ever since, um, you know, particularly with the emergence of feminist criticism in that era, and, you know, early versions of what would become queer theory starting to kind of uh, coalesce. Um, it, you know, it, it it is very transgressive, as I've kind of indicated, and in its sexual politics in ways that are often compelling and often bewildering. And, and like one thing that's right, and I definitely want to talk about this with you guys, like one thing that strikes me, um, as someone who studies the 18th century novel, is that it's like really, really novelly. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it is kind of an it's it's kind of in a way Maul Flanders, but just with the fucking out in the open rather than kind of subtext. Yeah, it has all um, those like uh, Aristotelian. You know, it has like the rising action. It has like everything that we're familiar with. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and in fact, Francis Ferguson's uh, book, uh, Pornography, the Theory, um, which doesn't talk about Fanny Hill because it starts a little bit later with uh, with uh, Desaad. Um, but like Francis notes just how novelly porn was for like two centuries. Um, uh, and it just, you know, much, much of pornography was like, te- you know, like written text uh, ra- rather than images. Because only the emergence um, of the, the pizza guy turns uh, porn 
as a genre into lightly plotless. <laughs> yes, that's yes, that's right. Only the plumber right. who's you here to, to fix the sink allows us to move yes. away from novelistic plot. Once you could call a plumber on the phone to have them come to your house, that's when things really take. They, they go, yeah, it goes yeah. into the gutter. Then, um, listen, ma'am, but, did you fu- did you order this pizza? I'm not interested in fucking you. I just want to know who the pizza belongs to. <laughs> but yeah, but I, and also like it, you know that I do think that that kind of makes sense too, given the novel's supreme focus on interiority. Like that's that's its whole thing. Like uh, the the inter- interior psychology and the you know You're the, talking about hitting the, back the mind. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she actually cha- yep. she does do the thing. It's like she ends up changed by the end, right? Like I know that it's like because mm-hmm. she ends up married, but that's like yeah, no, it's a bit. Yes, it's a Bildungsroman. It absolutely is. Um, uh, but you know, rather than learning how I don't know how to be a virtuous, upstanding, whatever the fuck, uh, you learn how to fuck real. Yeah, good. that's what makes um, it a Kunstler roman. Actually, is that you're in the art of the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then sorry, just the last thing I'll say, like, um, there are all these crazy enlightenment discourses running through how Cleland is even thinking about sex and the body. Um, you know, like for instance, uh, genitals and particularly the dick, uh, get described over and over again as engines or machines, um, Lots which is like, machines. well, that's a funny lots of machines and you're like well that's kind of a funny weird euphemism but it actually points to this emerging concept of materialism which would kind of become materialism in the marxist sense uh by people like julian metrier who argued that like no soul is not a thing uh the body is in the entirety of the human um and so like there's a lot here plus lots and lots of very boring fucking yep indeed it is okay so i i know that this is like is it leading us away from the sexiness? I don't know. But like, I got to get back to that thing, Tristan, which is like, what is this in the sense of it being a novel? Like, is it a picaresque? I guess it's like, it really is a building's roman. Is it like yeah. a, is it that tradition of like the, the, the farce or whatever that like Candide is doing? I don't fucking know. Well, and yeah, and 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 it it's it is very kind of self conscious about this and its relationship to other novels. I'm just going to read a bit from from the very end, and like, and it's not hor- like, look, people. I mean, you've got the internet, okay? Like, if, you, <laughs> if that's what you're listening to this episode for, I, I'm yeah, it, I, we're, we're, I'm not I'm not doing any more of that uh, yet. Uh, but, but, <laughs> so uh, it, it could come up uh, in our discussion. Um, but yeah, so the very end, she's with Charles, as I said. It's like, oh yay, now we now we're not fucking outside of marriage. There's all marriage that's where it was ending um so we okay so and this is what she writes um uh thus at length i got snug into port (laughs) christ (laughs) okay it's a little euphemistic even here uh where in the bosom of virtue i gathered the only uncorrupt sweets we're looking back on the course of vice i had run and comparing its infamous blandishments with the infinitely superior joys of innocence i could not help pitying even in point of taste those who immersed in a gross sensuality are insensible to the so delicate charms of virtue than which even pleasure has not a greater friend nor than vice a greater enemy it's like oh please i mean you've had like this is two, after 200 pages of you having fun this is whoever bullshit. you want shit this is and, and so he <laughs> this is like he, he followed I'm sorry, he or Fanny follows up with this. You laugh, perhaps, at this tailpiece of morality uh-huh. expressed for me by the force of truth resulting from compared experiences. You think it no doubt out of place, out of character. Possibly, too, you may look on it as the paltry finesse of one who seeks to mask a devotee to vice under a rag of a veil impudently smuggled from the shrine of virtue. Um, and it's like, but it's like, 
okay, so when he reads that, what I am immediately thinking of is Defoe and like how all of his, and particularly, I mean, Mulflander certainly, but like my favorite Defoe example in this regard is Roxana, also about a sex worker who becomes very successful, has a ton of fun doing it. And then like in three sentences at the very end, Defoe's like, mm, yeah, but she did get her come up. And so this was a warning to all of you. It's like, yeah, right. Exactly, dude. Like go fuck yourself. <laughs> like you're right. The scandalous material and just revelated that as, as are we your readers you know so like i think that like they're like he like he's kind of like cleland's kind of putting forward this as a critique of like the moral pretensions of a lot of literature of that effect and even probably someone like richardson too right i mean like a a famous um thing that a lot of uh 18th century commentators remarked on pamela including fielding was it's like okay but like you know you're you're that you said that like uh you know that, that basically like that her kind of trials and travails like end up um you know she's just like this tremendous class ascendancy like you know mm-hmm. she's sort of servant class and ends up married to upper gentry uh you know all through this kind of like erotic subplot so I, like yeah i mean i actually do think that like it, it is it's thinking of itself as a novel and also like offering a critique of that like sort of pretense of didacticism that fueled so much of uh 18th century literature. I mean, I love that she also has to say, like, it's true, you guys. Like, he has to underline it twice just to be like, no, I really I really mean this. Also, it's true. I meant it. I'm reformed. Like, there's no reform. No. Which, no. Which, like, is, so, so, like, that's the thing. This ties in exactly with the fact, like, just before this part, like, several pages before, he, he, lands the joke of why he named her fanny which is like she reunites with charles and he says my dearest fanny so cruel and can can it be you (laughs) you know and so it's like the joke is that like actually uh this story is being written by like a giant pussy you know what i mean (laughs) Mm -hmm. fanny mons (laughs) yeah like and and also that shit like like i sat in the bosom of virtue and honked the titties you know like (laughs) for sure and there's and i think this might be apocryphal too right but like yeah like that that uh you know fat like to american readers or or to american listeners uh who don't know uh like british usage that well like fanny that's like i mean that's not even like that's just such kind of a uh it's not even like it's not at all like an offensive word it's kind of like a euphemism no like in britain it's like sort of has like the 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 weight uh it well in some or it, it has like the vulgarity implicit uh that the c word does here you know what i mean like um and and there was the uh, there's right because over there you can like yeah (laughs) call everyone yeah 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 (laughs) but like but but so there i think there's this apocryphal narrative that like like yeah that that usage was pre-existing this but you know fran like fanny was a common um like nickname for francis in the 18th century that fanny hill was like what sort of killed that which i don't think that really holds up oh no that makes me sad No. Well, because like Frances Bernie is writing like a few decades after that, and she was known as Fanny Bernie. So I, as I, I think it's like apocryphal, but like it's also kind of a cool story. That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, people are um, not naming their kids Debbie Does Dallas anymore either. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, like the, the truth thing, though, is interesting too, because like, I mean, and, and that's something where I got, uh, you know, what I was thinking, like, 
okay like so like the um that like what the novel won't like dis- like the novel's all about interiority but then but when you're talking about like sex and these explicit terms suddenly that like transgresses what it's supposed to do um and i think kind of in some ways like cleland's calling bullshit on this it's like no i mean this is like if we're writing the individual while fucking and wanting to fuck and wanting to fuck all kinds of different people like in all kinds of different ways that is something that is part of the individual psychology and the individual body and I'm going to do that. And like that, that is, you know, that we're, we're, this is like, uh, you know, this idea of like the novel realism and, and truth is this discourse. Well, okay. That's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing, but like how, um, I mean, Katie, did you like, what's, what, is this also like a romance novel? I think, um, I, I think I'm going to like all sides it here. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just going to just jack off whatever ideas come my way. Um, But I think that it's a, it is a romance novel and it's also like a, and I guess all of those novels in a weird way are about education. Um, And and I guess like a lot of those novels are also about, uh, you know, sex ed, right? Um, (laughs) But not with somebody like, swinging their ding dong in your face (laughs) (laughs) i find it helps me concentrate um (laughs) and that's what education is and a podcast and that's what it is (laughs) but yeah so like to me it's it's because it's like often romance novels are about young like there's a young woman protagonist and like she Mm. learns the ropes of of well i'm not even gonna i'm not doing any more of that um (laughs) So, <laughs> well, now it's not fun anymore because the the book d- makes all our jokes for us. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I do think like so. So I have a genre question too, um, which is like, well, it's related to your question about about this being a novel of growing up or education, and I wonder also like, so how is is this a how to guide? Like, no shit. <laughs> Because it because it takes the form of like something you should because things work out for her in the end in a way that makes that that only happens for exemplar characters mm. in these mm. sorts of novels. So like, are we supposed to learn to be a little more like Fanny by the end of the book? Like, what's the what's the lesson? That well, I don't know if that gets it at the genre thing the way I think it does, but I. I and what about yeah. her too, no, right? It, is it like, is it that she's scrappy and sort of self, like self-sufficient or is it that she's, you know, she's yeah. also very like, she rolls with it, you know, she just she's like, curious. yeah, yeah, exactly. Some guy wants to spank her and she's like, all right. So what's her <laughs> quality that you know, like, where, where do people end up okay in these genres? Well, and, and, uh, well, no, and actually like, I mean, so this, this does like kind of open up other aspects of the genre question for me. Um, but Katie also, like, I think this also takes us to some of the philosophical discourses, like, I mean, empir- empiricism, like in the Lockean mm-hmm. sense is definitely something we can talk about here, but one other before, you know, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but I just do want to mark, like I said at the beginning, um, you know, in addition to romance, I think you guys are right about that. Bill Bucks or Vermont, absolutely. The sentimental novel, um, which, you know, there's the American sort of afterlife of the 
the sentimental novel in the mid 19th century. But like um, it gets its 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 first start is in Britain in the 18th century, um, in the middle of the 18th century, uh, drawing off like kind of you know Adam Smith and David Hume's theories of like sympathy. Um, but like some of the, <laughs> yeah, sympathy, yeah, right? the best. <laughs> No, totally. Um, but something that like a lot of like 18th century critics were uncomfortable about the sentimental novel was that they did see it as somewhat pornographic, right? Like that it really tried to produce the, a physical reaction in the reader, um, which is not like a boater, but like crying uh, and, 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 and in a way that um, in, in a way that like some of the kind of skeptics of the sentimental novel were kind of like, this is actually por-. like this, this has an uncomfortable proximity to like what pornography is doing. Um, and like, I mean, so I just, I, an example of this I love. Um, the, uh, there's a book from 1771 called The Man of Feeling by Henry Mackenzie, uh, which I definitely want to read on the podcast at some point. Feelings. Um, uh, my, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my my former uh my former professor from undergrad and friend of the pod michael gamer uh did an experiment once where he did he made an index of crying scenes in the man of feeling oh. and i be- i believe that there are as many crying scenes as there are pages of the fucking <laughs> So, so it is it like yeah that but that that sort of like over the topness of like and, and over the topness of like physicality uh and and uh and i mean frankly like like fluid too right like that that oh, is yeah. actually like like that is central to the sentimental novel in a way that you're like okay actually i do think they i like i i i could see where that sort of line of criticism was coming from they don't call it a tearjerker for nothing <laughs> no right <laughs> i mean yeah like so um, but anyway, no, but, but on the, 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 uh, like would have, does Fanny learn and, and like experience, like, I mean, I do think like empiricism, right? Like Locke in, in the Lockean sense, mm-hmm. you know, um, like Locke's whole idea, like, so Locke, you know, remember if we go back many episodes, uh, Descartes, I think therefore I am with my dick in my hand. <laughs> um, That's the guy. Like, for, <laughs> For De- for Descartes, like the mind was kind of its own sort of self contained thing, right? Like you sort of like are a minded thing. Just it, it's almost like circular, right? Like you're a minded thing just by virtue of having uh, like reason. It's like this kind of transcendent thing. For Locke, it's like no, you don't even get to like the status of being minded without exp- like like everything you know comes from without. So you have to experience it first as senses. You layer up enough of those kinds of experiences, and you start to have something that looks like rationality. Um, and I actually think that like yeah like that i mean you could sort of think of like fanny's education and scare quotes as doing something kind of lockean in that way I mean, she's a very yes. reasoned actor like i know that that seems bonkers but she really is like she doesn't like she gets into some situations but for the most part she's like knows what she's doing mm-hmm. y- yes she d- she does know what she's doing and it does this this book like it does put a twist on the lock thing in an interesting way because because of that. So like so for if I can just if if you'll indulge me momentarily, um, because I want to go back to the the sensory stuff that that Tristan you were drawing attention to. Um there's this thing in lock where so you have sensation first. That's the first that's the first thing that happens, and sensation's like a cone, and everything like funnels through sensation first. So that's what you get. But for Locke, you don't go straight to reason. You go through um like a, a sort of like a dual system um where you can route things through reason or passions. 
um, mm-hmm. which is right. actually sort of more like we know the brain works. Like you can't, you can't, yeah. you you can't focus on complex tasks requiring executive function if you're emotional or in your limbic system. Hmm. So like, so so he's sort of right about that. But Fanny Hill like does something di- like she does something different with that. Which is like, is she learning when she's doing the horny stuff or is she learning off screen in that weird Mm. like part that we don't know about where she meets the rich guy and then she's she's like, um, he was a great guy. I'll write you another letter about him sometime. He made me he cured my horniness. (laughs) Right. They have perhaps actually like skip forward a few months and we've ended up like, no, I had forgotten that that, there are actually gaps in this. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's right. Um, and well, the other thing too that I'm thinking about with Locke, right? That it's like, yeah, like there are there are many steps that you, you like between sensation and the mind. Like there's also like so like, like Locke, the the basic unit for Locke are like simple ideas. Mm-hmm. So that would be something like I don't know, like you you touch a piece of like uh, you touch a like a, a metal plate, like metal or something, right? Like and you get the idea of like cold, like it, it feels a certain way. And then like you, touch uh, a you know, other and things you get an idea of red. Yeah. There you I, go. Yeah, I know. I was I was actually looking for an object that wouldn't like hard was not the immediate. <laughs> <laughs> so I of course big that. But okay, so then you use like shiny, right? And then and then like and yes, hard, frankly. And then all of a sudden, like well, not all of a sudden, you get like enough of that, and suddenly your brain is able to put together a concept like metal, which would be like a like that would be a complex idea for Locke. And but but you so you have all these layers, but you're still not quite at the level of like thought. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's just uh, observation. So so, but it's just it's just observation. But even more than that, it's just sensation. Um, and I, I think my main point with this is just that it's like that, like yeah, I, I mean, the, the, a novel about like sensation, like it, very much like fronting sensation. I think does yeah, I mean, it just does very Lockean sort of things, you know. The, oh, okay, so that's interesting too, because like yeah, because the lock thing is like we learn everything we know by sensation and reflection. So there's this interesting way where like. The sensation is in the novel, and the reflection's supposed to be your job. Yeah, that's right. I mean, s- someone right. surely has already said this, but it just it just came upon me. Yours is the reader; like yeah. you have to do the you have to do the work. in In this in this book, I think you do because, like, we're si- I mean, we have to sit around and wonder about whether she whether she's learned. I mean, <laughs> have we like, and what have and what have we learned? Because she does, like yeah. I said, I yeah. think she changes as a character, and I think that 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 those scenes that I think are so funny, where she's like, uh, "Let's trick this guy into into paying a bunch of money to quote deflower me," is like she's she doesn't, of course, like when we begin the book, she doesn't have any sense of that of like uh, tricking somebody is is already mm-hmm. like no, she wouldn't do that, but also that particular game. And and I also think too that it, it is a novel that like um does not it doesn't want to punish sexuality, right? Like I mean it well uh, with with the one I think uh it notable exception of the the two men that she sees fucking where she does like as I said, her initial reaction is to try to call the cops and then she can and then when she tells Mrs. Cole what she heard, Mrs. Cole's like, You're what are you square or something? You know, so, <laughs> oh, yeah, Mrs. so like, Cole's I, like calm and, well, down. Being a fucking well, and, and I also 
I also like, I have always kind of wondered what the fuck that scene's doing because like all of volume two is kind of like a smorgasbord of where it's like, Oh, are you into this? Are you into BDSM? Are you into, like, <laughs> are you into orgies? Yeah. Are you into, you know, it, it just, it, it kind of has it, like that feel that it's kind of like, a, well, just, you know, open, like, you know, open to any given page and there'll be something there for you. Um, <laughs> and like the, 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 the homosexual encounter, you know, the male, male homosexual encounter is very much part of that. And yet like, and I just like, okay, so what's her, like, I mean, is Cleland like, well, if I just said that this was okay, that would be over the top. It's like, dude, you already know you're going to get thrown in jail for this. Yeah. So like that just is a, you know what I mean? So like, but, but then it is interesting that like, um, as I said, Mrs. Car- like it, it, after the, like, I should call the cops, like the novel just very quickly, like gets rid of that impulse. So, um, but anyway, so like what I was saying was that like it, it does not want to punish sexuality. I actually do think that it, it, it sees something like being a sort of like like desiring and kind of like fully realized sort of like sexual being is is not it doesn't see that as like an unworthy project. Yeah. Right. Yes. It it is important, and I know we'll talk about this, that like that project is also you can't disentangle it from money. Oh, for sure. She's not just no. one, she's not running around. She has a lot of interesting things with money. Much of it is given to her, but she also gives it to one guy after she fucks him. Yes, that is oh, true. Oh, that's right. Um, he, she she right. actually gives this the servant money tw- like twice. So it's like so she's keenly aware of um of like the transactional nature, but also about. Uh, like learning learning stuff about pleasure so Mm -hmm. so like uh, that's the thing that it's that's where i get a little hung up uh, on the sex uh, on the sex and sexuality part is like Mm -hmm. when it's transactional um i don't think that makes it any less any any less of what it is um but I also think it's like she's learning more than about pleasure. She's le- which mm-hmm. is like something a point you've both made, which is like she's learning how to be a person who fucks in the world. Right. Well, yeah, and and well, and also, Katie, you, when you, the the point you made about like how she ultimately like she ultimately gives the money to this one dude that she's fucking it it does like it, there is a sort of like kind of like conservative sort of patriarchal ethos that comes back in at the end, you know, it, it uh, after a novel of like women you know, sex workers who are like quite successful, quite good at what they do and quite capable as sort of economic actors. It does like have that very sort of familiar, not 18th century novelly, like return to the sort of like patriarchal kind of family structure, um, which is it, which, yeah, I mean, and I think, and I think that that is a really important point. Um, but I think it's also important that she's not like presented as greedy, right? Like she's not, no. uh, she doesn't I mean she sometimes like takes advantage of people but only if they're like dickheads. You know, she like really seems yeah. to operate mostly in this amazing good faith. Like she really is a sort of yeah. cheery little romp. Well, mm-hmm. and she's rewarded for it too. Like she you oh, know, yeah. it, she it turns out to be true. And and the fact that like stuff is transactional is not to me it is in no way bad. Like, no, it's, it's because she has stuff to give too, right? And also because she just has right. to live. You know, it's not like she she. It's not some kind of extravagance, R- right? Well, and. and <clears throat> 
And there, yeah, and, and there, like, there, there is like kind of an ethics to it as well, right? In that, I like, I, I think the the first the first sort of brothel that she's in, Mrs. Brown's, right? Like, they're like, like Phoebe, for instance, it's say like there's some like physical description, like basically you could you could see like the ravages of like her profession, like on her 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 her, her face, um, which is that kind of like, oh yeah, like this is this is like a kind of like diseased space or something, right? But like Mrs. Coles is nothing like that mm-hmm. um and i mean and i think part of it is be, you know it, it is like you know it's it's sort of like erotic potential it sort of wants you to just revel in the in the in, in in that aspect of it but i think another thing you could say is like yeah but like mrs cole is a good boss it is a well-managed like yeah. kind of business that's happening in a way that mrs brown is not like mrs mrs like mrs cole is like a good figure of capital and mrs brown is a bad figure of capital and that explains like the difference in uh not just the spaces but even like the women who work for those two people you know what i mean i i sort of so i think that's i think that's that's that sounds right to me the only thing that i would say would would say is that like mrs brown is not that she's truly not that awful like if she were a she's she's more to me not it's like the difference between bad cap figure bad capital or pure capital like she just wants Mm -hmm. money to get her to leave you know like she doesn't try to kidnap her or do anything like wildly fucked up she um and she also so so like phoebe is described as being like kind of worn out but she keeps her around like she keeps her around you know, she does not yeah. turn her out onto the street. Like she, she, there is something. So it's they reference community a lot. Like Fanny talks about is spe- more at Mrs. Cole's, of course. Um, but like the, co- but the the community aspect, which like she she gets. Well, the real yeah. agent, like the real bad actor, in my perception, is that like when Fanny miscarries and she's really sick afterward, her landlady is the yeah. one who yes. like. When she's well and she's going to leave, the landlady's like, oh, you owe me a grazillion dollars, whatever. Like, that's actually the bad actor is Mm -hmm. is the sort of woman who who really takes advantage of her at her lowest. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I would say I do think that Miss Brown is fairly ominous in the in the sense that like so like like the plot to sell quote you know Fanny's virgin like her virginity two point I think you referred to it at one point, Megan. Well, it's very um, like, like I I'm not going beyond. I'm going within the scope of the book when it's like um, it's a hymenal uh, yes. version. Yeah, yeah. What it also like they they have like vials of like fake blood hidden in the bedpost. So this is apparently <laughs> this is apparently something that they're quite good at doing at this uh, particular yeah. uh, particular uh, place of business. But no, but but I would say that like for Mrs. Cole, it's like, hey Fanny, like uh, I want to con this guy and say that this is what we're doing. Are you down? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Here's here's how we'll do yeah. it. Whereas Mrs. Brown, when she tries to sell Fanny's you know virginity again, and she's already had sex with Phoebe, but how it thinks of virginity there, it's kind of like I mean, Mrs. Brown does not. Care. I mean, she's just basically like, this is what I'm doing. Like Fanny, like Mrs. Brown is like absolutely trampling over Fanny's consent there in a way that like Mrs. Cole, I don't think ever really like for Mrs. Cole, it, it is like the, like she and the like kind of workers are operating on the same page and she's not, you know, like she's not in, in, in a way that Mrs. Brown, like Mrs. Brown is absolutely taking advantage of like Fanny in a way that I don't think Mrs. Cole is. Another thing you could say is that Fanny knows a lot more by the time that she goes to work for Mrs. Cole than she does with Mrs. Brown, but I don't She's know. She's taking I advantage th- of her innocence 
does that make sense right so she's like yes she's taking advantage of the fact that she doesn't know very much because she's like a country bumpkin yes Mm -hmm. mrs brown yeah that's what i meant yeah yeah she is i i think there is something sinister about her it's also like the thing that sort of uh i don't know gets in my head is that like she too has sex that she does not enjoy like oh, that's sure. what yeah. fanny sees yeah so like that's the kind of yeah. joint she's running yes oh and it's so- like this is this is like low wage work that's terrible that's i think it's more like yeah this is like the fucking factory and you have to put in your shift and it, yeah. it's serious like no, that's, totally they have all have these machines she, that you have to work on and then she's mm-hmm. doing artisanal etsy creation fucking yeah. oh yeah with all these <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. lovely details like uh like highly consensual orgies on fancy rugs right yeah and yeah, couches. Yeah, yeah. There's like a ton of furniture in that scene, which I know is like a fairly uh-huh. niche interest on my part, but it's very like, <laughs> wow, there's there's sure a lot of set dressing on this porn. Yeah. One, yeah. one no, time it's... the guy's dick is referred to as furniture. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then there's that really explicit <laughs> scene where that it's that it's like actually hard to visualize where the guy like bends the woman over the couch and and there's some yeah. weird like series of details that now I can't recall, but uh there's yeah. yeah again there's like it's a fuck couch or something yeah yeah no it's it is i mean Miss, mrs cole is I mean, she, <laughs> mrs cole invests in the in, uh, in, in, in the story you know what yeah. i mean she, but of course like, fanny she, learns really fast and i think that that's worth noting right yeah. because she doesn't end up uh fucking she her, the first man she fucks is charles mm-hmm. right in yeah. that like right. excruciating i would say 89 pages of like yeah it's yeah painful first time sex like it's so worked over in this way that it's absolutely unnecessary yes Uh, yeah totally but it is about Um, her saying like look i'm gonna fuck who i want i'm gonna give it away which is like i know that that expression is awful but it's that is kind of important She's not in that it's moment, it's not transactional because it's what she wants. But by the time she's able yeah. to be making the transaction, it's different. So, yeah. can I ask one question? And th- this actually, this break, I this bring we've kind of moved on from the philosophical aspects of it, but I think that this is one valence of that. that I, I just I'm not sure what it says either to what Fanny learns or even the kind of like the the kind of like commercial aspect of it, which is that like we talked a lot about the empiricism. The other thing I wanted to talk though about is this like machine discourse and like understandings of the body. And I think one scene where it's just I mean it's it's one of the most fucked up scenes in the book, but I think it's also like um, it, there's just like yeah it's it's also one of the most like huh, I wonder what is being expressed here. Um, so I mentioned the flower seller who has this mental disability right oh, God, um, he's yeah. describing these like really gross terms right they she, like on uh, at one point she says the the man machine like really dehumanizing stuff and you're like that's that's extremely fun i mean the whole scene's fucked up but then like uh, just a couple pages later when louisa the the other uh woman and and the flower seller are are fucking we have this description um Okay, so what? And so, all right, sorry. This is this is this is a little back into the uh, the, the 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 florid prose. But uh, okay, so whilst <laughs> the instrument even. of all this, 
Purple, yes, indeed. Whilst the instrument of all this overfulness uh, searched her senses with his, uh, with sweet excess, um, till the pleasure she gained upon her so, its point stung her so home, the catching at length, the rage from her furious driver, and sharing the riot of this wild rapture, she went wholly out of her mind into that favorite part of her body, the whole intenseness of which uh, was so feverishly filled and employed. There alone she existed, all lost in those delirious transports, those ecstasies of the senses, which her winking eyes, the bright vermilion, everything's vermilion, of her <laughs> lips and cheeks and thighs, a pleasure deeply fetched, so pathetically expressed. In short, she was now as mere a machine. Oh, damn. So, mm-hmm. so like, but, and I think that, like, the, the uh, basically every like description of a sexual encounter in the book you could sort of say that there but it is like it's it's understanding is that like the body just takes over and ultimately like being driven by the sort of like body and embodiment um in a way that is very like yeah kind of mechanistic it's sort of like the the mind is like either pushed to the side or it's just not fronted there and so i yeah so like i don't i mean like then it's so what is commerce is like commerce rationality coming back on to try to manage this is it um i don't know i just i just kind of wanted to throw that that's like another sort of like philosophical wrinkle here that I just I I don't quite know what to make of. Yeah, I mean, going out of her head strikes me as interesting too, right? Like the transition from being mm-hmm. sort of like there and then not there, and it's not dissociative in like a creepy way. It's just like coming back into a corporeal register. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's creepy. I don't think it's like she's dissociating in a way that we're supposed to take as like traumatic. No, I I don't think so either. Although he has and, some and I, very yeah. like weird uh concepts of like uh <laughs> like fullness, like his his <laughs> yeah. like sense of of like penetration I think is really uh it's very sacred to John Cleland like you uh-huh. know, it's like that yeah. and rosy nips and tons of pubes are yeah. like his favorite things. Well, uh- yeah, so in the foot you you also did, I think, very fairly refer to him as size queen. Oh my <laughs> god, the man to, loves a big yeah. dick. <laughs> so this is just an, yet another register of of of. There's one that. like medium sized dick, and it's definitely like well, there's one medium sized dick, and then there's one that's like wider than it is long, and those are the like <laughs> two exceptions to giant fuck machines. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, mm, yeah. no, every dick is big or medium. <laughs> Right, every yeah. every dick is yeah. is bigger medium. Those are the terms. The, the only sizes uh. we have in dicks are XXL and medium. <laughs> Those are your he, he choices. All- your husband has to have the largest <laughs> dick around, though. He does. Okay, so here's in the logic of this book. <laughs> in the logic of this book, yes. <laughs> um, go with me on this journey. Um, okay, so. He has is this, this the pizza boy journey? Because I'm into it. I would love it to be the pizza boy journey, but it's actually the journey about him being a size queen. That okay? <laughs> I can't wait. So, okay, and and the penetration thing because okay, so we have this scene. We have all these scenes where like Fanny is constantly worried that like that like her pussy's getting blown out, and then like it's going to be wrecked. Yeah, this and, is the whole thing in this book is like, and I'm going to break it. 
yes. <laughs> At, like that it's going to just like it's going to just split in two. And um but then there's a part where she later like peop- that some lady says something like don't worry people blow babies out of there. Um <laughs> and uh but but like there's a there's the, the another scene where she like checks her vag and is like oh everything's fine. Right. This is cool. <laughs> Seems fine. And then and then she goes on like a discourse about how actually like it's perfectly fine to fuck it won't it it won't uh it won't stretch your your vag out it will you'll be fine it'll be good as new maybe even better don't worry about it the pussy will still be popping um (laughs) and i actually think that that like that elasticity is something like that that the novel wants us to think something about that. Like the rep, like that people don't get ruined. You know what I mean? Oh, that's mm. really interesting. Cause she is not ruined by this. And I mean it in like every possible sense, like physically, but also like she marries the guy she wants, which I know is like a very gross thing to say on my part, right. but like that's, a, I think that's fine. in the order What's of the not- novel. And and no, she also she marries him because like she gets so horned up when she's they, they're just yeah. like super duper horny for each other, right? And again, he he has the biggest he has like an unimaginably imaginable an ima- <laughs> See, I'm getting all I'm getting all um, shimmelt over his giant dong, but like <laughs> uh, he, he has like an unimaginably large dick. <laughs> like she's startled when she sees it. He's got a big one. If you ever lied, these characters, I was like, that dick was massive, but this one, oh my God, it was massive. It's, yeah, anyway. But like, (laughs) um, and red, you know, like, it's red. They're all red. They're all red. I like, thank you, John Cleland. Like, yeah. Um, no, but no, actually, no, that that's like real. That's really interesting, Katie. And I also wonder too if that explains why, um, this novel does not, you know, like the again, things like, you know, if you had a, a sex worker, you know, and can think in the terms of the day, a prostitute in 18th century working in a seraglio, uh, which I just I love that word with such a deep, well, deep, like I just think it's beautiful. Well, and actually, that is so. If, if you're in a seraglio, if you're in this kind of like orientalized sort of like a Eastern tale kind of genre, there, I don't think it, it so much did this. But like, if you were, you know, like in Defoe, uh, you know, or 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 uh, you know, you know, sort of right that school of right Haywood too, right? If you meet like a, a, a prostitute, a sex worker on the streets of London, like their proximity to disease, and oh, it's like immediate, is like it's it's immediate, like yes. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland does not, uh, other than very early on, and again that like badly managed brothel if cleveland does not want to go like go there at all and katie your idea thing that like this what this novel says like people don't get broken like i i wonder if that's part of why in addition to like it wants to maintain the erotic fantasy doesn't want you thinking about like consequences of sex or anything like that it wants you to stay you know just just with the fucking i think that's that's its job but like if it's also if that but it also like that commitment like yeah people don't get ruined like that's a that's a shitty or that's a that's just not the way it wants to think of these terms like i wonder if that's also part of that you know and part I mean? of her education i would suggest right like this is not an education about like she has to be forgiven because of all these like she's suffered all these injuries and so like only by suffering can she come out on the other side like that's not at all the case here no No. she had a great time at at fucking camp at at, like two different iterations of fuck camp one much fancier than the other 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It went great for her. Yeah, it did. It did. And I, I would, I really do think that this is a genuine happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, I he's yeah, a cutie and, and pie. Again. The novel thinks, you know, he's he like he I'm is. not fucking around. But when she comes across him, it's a super like Greek god moment. Mm-hmm. When I say Paris, I'm kind of not making that up. That's what, like, yeah. I mean, so this book is goofy as hell as porn is. I mean, you know, it's it's not it's its function is not to be like intellectually stimulating. Um, and as like boring as it can be, I I don't know. I mean, like it's doing these really hilarious sort of critiques of the novel. Um, it, it actually, I mean, it has like a much, I think uh, just frankly better view of like kind of feminine desire and sex than like much of not 18th and 19th century English literature. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad we have it. I'm glad it survived. You know, I'm Absolutely. And I think that I, you know, I agree with you. It's often extremely funny, but I also, you know, I'm rooting for her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't well, have a totally like neutral relationship. I just, I think uh, she's kind of the best. Uh, okay, Katie, I'm not sure I want to play whatever's in front of us game wise today, but um, you know, I'm stealing myself, so go for it. Well, I didn't want to create it either, but you know, <laughs> but here we all we- are, all steamed up. <laughs> yes, or, with a car or, in Titanic. Or- or bored, you know. <laughs> right. Or like, why we read all that? <laughs> Either one. Um, let me... Uh, okay. So so this, I think we can all agree on one thing. The sex scenes in this are, are quite awful. Yes. Are we all on the same page here? I yeah. think we are. Terrific. So there are also, you'll be shocked to find, there are other bad sex scenes in literature, not just in this. Uh... uh I'm not sure. I believe that. I've never I've never read any other literature with bad sex scenes. <laughs> no, well, I mean, is- we certainly read none on this show. Certainly not Cer- Outlander from what's been described. <laughs> As I understand, 45 <laughs> minutes of buttons. No. Yeah. It was so so many buttons. Um it'll make you so mad. Um yeah, we have prodigious stiffness here, but we have prodigious stiffness other places. And um mm-hmm. you know and there's actually a, a, an award dedicated to these terrible sex scenes. and uh, But I think Fanny Hill can go up against the best of them. I think it can mm-hmm. really – I think it can really compete. And so today um, you are going to tell me by, by passages, um, you know, whether – it's a contest of Fanny Hill versus the grossest sex scenes that I was willing to read. And okay. For, You're very brave. And for bonus, you can guess who it's from. Awesome. That's just special bonus. Okay. <laughs> James um, Joyce. <laughs> James, James Joyce's letters. Yeah. <clears throat> Here is your first uh, contender. My ejaculation was violent <sighs> and repeated again and again. Semen poured from me, overflowing her <laughs> vagina, turning the sheets <laughs> oh my God. sticky. Oh, yeah. There was nothing I could do to make it stop. If it continued, <laughs> I worried I would be completely emptied out. Forever? Her, Sorry. Her, her sex, though, had contracted around mine 
and would not let go, as if it had an unshakable will of its own and was determined to wring every last drop from my body. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. So just keep that in your mind as long as you can. Okay. It's already gone. Yeah. Remember uh... the cum rag. (laughs) This person has become. Okay. So this, this again, this is a little more, a little more refined, a little, a little more, um, I guess, mm, it's not just cum. Okay. I'll say that. Um, Cool. Yeah. Uh, When our mutual trance was a little over and the young fellow had withdrawn that delicious stretcher with which he had most plentifully drowned all thoughts of revenge and the sense of actual pleasure, the the widened, wounded passage refunded a stream of pearly liquids which flowed down my thighs, mixed freaks of blood. The marks of the ravage of that mis- monstrous machine of his, mm-hmm. which had now triumphed over a kind of second maidenhead. Mm-hmm. I think we can stop there. Yeah, I'm just or- trying to figure out like what if I if I if now I feel like I sort of like the it's not really euphemisms, but <laughs> so so what are, what are we trying to do with these two delights? What's grosser? What's which grosser? one's grosser? Oh man, I mean. And the second one is Cleveland, right? Yes. You know right. what? The first one is grosser because I don't want the man's point of view as much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they're both so bad. They're so gross. I mean, it's not an easy decision. I mean, the first one, like, I've never, like, dehydration by ejaculation is not really something I had consider. I, I mean, there, there's just like a wildness <laughs> to that. It's like, huh. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> You were out there, but it is, I mean, it is super gross. Um, There is a lightly implied vagina dentata moment at the end though, which I did sort of feel like, wait, is she going to like clamp his dick off? In which case a hundred percent, that one is great, but I don't think that's actually what is happening. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think I have to say the first one too, but Jesus is that close. (laughs) Yeah. That's a close one. They're both disgusting. Okay. And we're supposed to guess what it's from? Oh no, that's just for bonus. I'll tell you what they're from. I'll tell you what they're from at the end. But if you if you have any guesses about who this who this came from, um, mm-hmm. Tristan should be able to recognize it. I'll say that. As really? A hint. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you want to take a guess, Damn. feel free. I don't know. I'm stumped. You don't know that that prose? That's John pros? Updike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it, wait, is it DFW? No. <laughs> I don't it's, think DFW is actually often that gross for what it's worth. I've never read them and I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I don't recommend it, but if we've all made our final guesses, it's Murakami. <gasps> yes. I mean, no, I've not read that, but that absolutely tracks as Murakami. That is some shit that Murakami would write. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yuck. Ugh, it's pretty right. gross. Okay. Yeah. It's what, bad. What? We hate it. <laughs> so do we have do we have do we have another one of these? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're, we're not leaving it. We're not leaving it there. Please. Yeah. Um okay. Uh here's your se- here's your second passage. Empty my tanks. I begged breathlessly as once more she began drawing me deep inside her pleasure cave. <laughs> <laughs> 
her vaginal ratchet moved in uh, in concertina-like waves, slowly chugging my organ as a boa constrictor swallows its prey. Soon I was locked in, balls deep, ready to be ground down by the enameled pepper mill within her. That might be the best piece of writing I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> Okay, so now that we have that, now that we have that in mind, I have something else for you that you're also going to hate. <laughs> okay. Um, he still kept his post, yet unsated with enjoyment, and saw singing these new delights till his stiffness, which had scarce perceptibly remitted, being thoroughly recovered to him, who had not once unsheathed, he proceeded afresh to cleave and open himself an entire entry into me, which was not a little made easy to him by the balsamic injection, <laughs> with which he had just plentifully moistened the whole internals of the passage. Redoubling then the active energy of his thrust, favored by the fervid appetency of my motions, the soft-oiled wards can no longer stand so effectual a picklock, but yield and open him an entrance. Cleveland is grosser, and the first one is obviously Herman Melville. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think that Cleveland's grosser, but largely because that first one is so funny. Pepper Mill will never escape my poor brain. No, yeah, I think Cleveland wins the grossness one. It's not, it, yeah. Uh, although I don't know, the balsamic thing is pretty funny, but that's you know. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm gonna yeah, yeah, I say Cleland wins this round. Who's who's the first one? Uh the first one is um Major Victor Cornwall. <laughs> I don't I don't okay, cool. Yeah, all, right. all right. Not Melville. I don't it's from the book Scoundrels, The Hunt for Hans Clap. I don't know. I've never heard of this. It's just gross. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's here's a here's a short one, but it's it's great and it goes with the balsamic theme. Um, uh, okay, here we go. I slipped my erect penis inside, or from another angle, that part of her actively swallowed my penis, immersing it in what felt like warm butter. <laughs> so disgusting. I realize you know, the sort of like deep kind of emasculation and castration anxiety is that just pervades so much more, right? So much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so so now that you've, that shouldn't be too hard to keep in mind. Yeah. Um here here is yet another. Um oh boy. Okay. <clears throat> This is one where my note is literally just show a picture of dick and balls and call it a day. Um, <laughs> then the beautiful growth of hair in short and soft curls around its roots, its whiteness, branched veins, the supple softness of the shaft as it lay foreshortened, rolled and shrunk up into squat thickness, languid, borne up from between his thighs by its globular appendage, that wondrous <laughs> treasure bag of nature's sweets, oh which God. reveled round and pursed up in the only wrinkles that are known to please. Perfected prospect and altogether formed the most interesting, moving picture in nature. And surely infinitely superior to those nudities furnished by the painters, statuaries, or or, or any art which are purchased at immense prices. It's better than art. 
We talked a lot about how much Cleland loves to these elaborate descriptions of, of pubic hair. Uh, I didn't really mention the hilarious descriptions of balls in Fanny Hill. Like, <laughs> really, they really neglected kind of, a yeah. lot of material. Yeah, yeah. I still uh, think that one's grosser than <laughs> dipping your lobster roll in a butter dish yeah <laughs> oh man i i don't know that's, that's what that is come on yeah yeah, yeah i i i might uh, i might disagree on this one and take the first one just because i there i don't know uh the, the the treasure bag thing that had me chuckling um i'm so, super distracted because yeah. now i'm thinking about lobster and so i'm not going to yeah. be able to answer any of these questions yeah. <laughs> It's the horniest thing we've talked about all episode. Would would we know the person that wrote the lobster roll porn? We would, Tristan. You would. Is it Murakami again? It is! God damn, what the <laughs> fuck? Okay. All right. Okay. Um... I mean, here's just a... Here's, here's just a short one, but it's bad in a different way. Then I screamed as though I were being run over by a train, and that long arm of his was reaching up again to palm my mouth, and I bit into his hand the way a wounded soldier bites on a bullet. Damn, dude. Wow. Are you okay? okay? Then maybe don't fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very traumatic experience, Bullety. apparently. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, brother. Uh, okay. Oh boy. Um, all right. Uh, there are lots of pregnant pauses here. Yeah, because I had this is the last one. Um, and finally, a homemade thrust sheaths it up to the guard on the information of which, from the close jointure of our bodies, so much that the hair on both sides perfectly interweaved and encircled together. <laughs> The eyes of the transported youth sparkled with more joyous fires. All his looks and motions acknowledged the excess of pleasure, which I now began to share, for I felt him in my very vitals. I was sick with delight, stirred beyond bearing with with its furious agitations within me, and gorged and crammed even to a surfeit. The second one is grosser, and that's clearly also. Like, I don't know. He like, the first he, one is <clears throat> fucked up, and so I'm gonna. I think that one's better. Yeah. Um, also, I don't. Yeah. The I, I don't know. Th- this guy has has some really interesting understandings of what pubic hair are. Like, I think he thinks they're <laughs> like can do. They're, they're some sort yeah. of like intelligent organism, right? <laughs> oh my like, god! They're like he anemone. Yeah. Yo, no, he thinks it's the the tails that fucking Avatar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly what he thinks. Um oh man. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and no, I agree. And the first one is Anna Karenina. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the first one? I've read that book. The first one is Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, the okay. Eat Pray Love lady? Eat Pray Love get run over by a train while you're fucking. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Well, I mean Cleland went one in a landslide. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah good no, job. I, I, yeah, good, good job. Um, but, but uh, this, this I, was fun. Th- this, it, this, yeah. <laughs> the way you said that was interesting to me. 
<laughs> no, I, I I legitimately did. I mean, what that that I'm always down for the the, the games, but the uh, but the, the the whole episode, it was it was fun. It was I I didn't mind doing it again. Uh, you know, <laughs> like it was it was fine. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to read it again. Yes, yeah. I I mean, I think that only Jack Kerouac is worse at sex than everyone in this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I will say uh, Updike, which Meg, I think you mentioned, I, I didn't use his quote, but um, there's a great one about um, a, a woman who's leaned back on a blanket, arranging her legs in an M of receptivity. Um, <laughs> I just remember having read some really gross sex in Updike in like my life. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. I quit his bad. books. I'm not I'm not here for them anymore. There's too many <laughs> books to read. <laughs> Rabbit, run. <laughs> well, thank you. So this has been Better Red Than Dead. You can find Tristan on Twitter at TJ Schweiger. You can find Katie on Twitter at Katie Crywo. You can find me on Twitter at Tusslersaurus. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Better Red Pod and email us at betterredpodcast at gmail.com as long as it's not to slide into our DMs. So <laughs> just you need you all need a cold shower, please. <laughs> uh, our intro music is left Bronstein by the Redskins and used with their permission. Our logo was created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content. As ever, rate, review. Please don't unsubscribe after you hear this episode. That's all we <laughs> ask. Um, and next week, we actually do have On the Road. Uh, we have Chinua Chibis. Things fall apart after that. So thanks, comrades. Thanks, comrades.